This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I am unashamed. What about you? So, uh, Dan, I understand you uh, saw uh, the train robbery is back in modern day America. It's back, it's you know it was a big deal back in the late 1880s. It's been a while since I've since I've watched Matt Dillon and the train robberies and uh, <laughs> watch our our uncle. I call him because his name is Dale Robertson. You know he's got a little deal. You know yeah. You know what is it that uh, that company he's with Pony Express? Oh yeah. Whatever. Right. But but train robbery was was a was a way of life in the well, West. Because but, that's where every, how everybody got out West. They've cranked it back up now, and the thugs that live on the street and wherever, they just robbing the trains. Yeah. I don't know whether they, when they park them, they rob them. They, they could then run up beside well, I them, saw them, tear the doors off. You'd think a <laughs> freight car, no matter how what kind of tools you have in L.A., how are they breaking in to, to, to train cars? I don't know. All I saw, I, I just saw the debris, the aftermath, the left, and it this. looked like it looked like a tornado had gone right down the railroad tracks. They just y'all saw this on the news. Yeah, yeah. it was in Los Angeles, and evidently they 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 don't have enough men to slow it down because they're not putting people in jail for it. They're letting people out right. more than they're letting them in, and they. And you got train robbery going on. I'm pretty sure train robbery is against the law. I, I'm, I'm beginning well, to wonder. It's, uh, it's, it is against the law, but, Jay, the problem is you haven't watched a lot of news lately. we got a lot of DAs, including L.A., that won't prosecute criminals. I was sitting there thinking that while y'all were watching the train robbery, I was in a field, and in a weird bit of circumstance, I found, all I found was about 50 railroad spikes that were probably 50 years old. <laughs> Oh, have we have we dug up a train? <laughs> the train rail around here. You I have mean, to trans- You would have to transport the the spikes in order to nail it in, nail the tracks down to the to the timbers underneath yeah. them. You'd, you'd have to you have to have them. So they hauled them by. I don't know who was making them at the time, but they. Well, I they, found about fifty of them. Yeah. If you want to build your little train track over on the land. So somebody somebody had it in a wagon probably going to the wherever the because there's a railroad track that crosses the Mississippi River over there. Yeah, I was over around the Mississippi. Yeah, they were probably heading to that and mm-hmm. lost some along the way or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talking about well built though? I mean, I'd throw one of them things. It just, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like a big heavy dart. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. but think about how it has to hold up that train car. Yeah, I mean, coming. they were impressively built. Mm-hmm. You just think how long they've been laying out there in that field, and they—you oh. you just all you needed was a sledgehammer. Two hundred years, probably, right at it. I don't know when that the the rail system was a bone to be chewed back when this was just a bunch of wilderness. Well, but you know, it's funny they crisscrossed the entire United States with railroad tracks. Jace is always into stocks. You know, the blue chips back in that day were. The railroads. I mean, that that was where everything was happening. That's where all the money well, was. Guess what, Al? Oh, that's Ain't right. nothing changed. <laughs> three. I have three railway stocks, and they're 
Well, they, and to they, dad's they do one thing, go up. <laughs> yeah. To dad's point, they're still moving product, which you know, now they're robbing them again. The volume of stuff they haul still is hard to top with the 18 wheelers on the highways. Right. I mean, because, you know, the, the old tracks, the railroad tracks, they're 200 years old. I mean, the, they mounded them up across rivers. I mean, yeah. look, when they got this train thing going, but now they're being robbed of all of their stuff they're hauling by a local population of the Los Angeles, California people. Right. They're, they're robbing them. Yeah. It's train robbery. Yeah. And it would look Used like. Used to as a stiff fine, I would think. For and they were robbery. showing close-ups, Jace. It was everything from uh, testing, oh. corona testing kits. You know, it was like, oh, yeah. No. Amazon They, was, they were books. just laying out everywhere. Amazon books. <laughs> Amazon you know? packages. Yeah. Toys. Look, fish lures. They showed a big old pile of fish Listen, lures. Jace, as far as the eye can see. Miles. It's just debris where they robbing the trains and just going at them with locusts. They just come in there, and there was one wow. guy out there, one one law enforcement guy. He pulled up there and looked around. I thought, this is, has to be a bigger effort to, <laughs> to stop. You know, they call in the posse when you said, we, we need some well, you 40, know, 50 men. What, what were they the called? One? The Pinkertons. Yeah, the, I was the thinking Pinkertons. the same thing. They need some Pinkertons. The, the detective agency. They're going to have to do something because they're not doing anything for train robbery. But there's you know, no, that is there's it, no repercussions. That is interesting that we've had a lot, in the last two years, we've obviously had a lot of law enforcement issues because of defund the police and all that. Yeah. But back in the day, Pinkerton was a private security company. I mean, they were private detectives is what they were. Maybe but, that's the way to go. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's funny. All these years later, you think, well, we've sort of gotten past the having to go private. No, you still got to yeah, go. We're in. past the era of train robbing. No. I mean, this, this is hey, what do they say? Everything makes a comeback, <laughs> makes a comeback including train robbery. Now, I, don't I know figured that was one that died in the old west. I'm wondering about if this could happen in the south down here. We hear a train go. We went duck hunting, but there's one that attracts way over there. We hear it every morning, but you know they still have the old rails there. You know, but I don't know whether this is just unique to Los Angeles or whether it's widespread nationwide. But if you can't ship produce. You're going to go in there, and there's, there's two things that comes out of socialism, and the, one of them is the, the lack the, the empty shelves. Yep, yep. There's, there's empty shelves, right. and, they, and there's anarchy. Right. So, We've kind of got a little of that going on these days. You know what's crazy is no matter how much everything changes, when you read all these lists of sins in the, in the Bible and the problems of, at Corinth, it's always the same because when you, you boil it down, it's I mean, just, nothing this has is just theft. Oh, that's right. You're just stealing something that doesn't belong, doesn't belong to, to you. It's easy. Right. And, but to your point earlier, Dad, I noticed those most of those cars were sitting still, and it looked you know congested, which you think of L.A., you think congestion, right, whether it's traffic. So these trains aren't moving much. To drive a train around here, every train I see coming by is going about 50 miles an hour. It's humming. So you're going to have to get back on horseback and do it the other way. I'll, just, the I'll just go over this. Uh, one of the things I was canceled for, <clears throat> do you not know that the uh, <clears throat> the wicked <clears throat> will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. <clears throat> Sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, homosexual offenders. Then he gets on this list, nor thieves or 
nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And what's amazing is to the church at Corinth, guess what he followed that up with? And that's what some of you were. But, so you say, well, we can't help these folks. There's one way out. You were washed, probably referring to their baptism. You were sanctified, set apart to do good works. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. So I would just tell the robbers, if they would just could get a group of them, I said, before you send them to prison or before you let them go, let me just give them a little bit on, on they, can, they can get out of this and come out of it, and all of these sins can be forgiven. Because the Apostle Paul is telling them, you, 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 you know, you better know this. You know, don't, don't, don't be deceived. There's, there's, there's bad, bad payment for it's death if you keep this lifestyle going. So other than that, how are you going to get them to stop robbing and raping? Well, option and, three, prison ministry. You can share Jesus <laughs> yep. with them while they're in prison. Which yep. Paul had a pretty good prison ministry. He was saying you can come out of this. So, it's, yeah. But that's interesting, Dad, because, you know, you think about individual sins and why people do what they do. You know, you had a period of time where you weren't, you know, thinking about biblical, you know, living right. But one thing I'll say from when I was a little boy, even when you weren't a Christian, one thing you drilled into us was don't steal. Uh, I did. I mean, that. do you remember that, Jay? I mean, that was like a don't yeah. take things that don't belong to you. That's right. And so, like, as a kid, I, you know, like I said, our life was kind of all over the place. But one thing I remembered you don't steal. You don't take stuff that doesn't belong That's to you. That's correct. You ingrain that in us. What was the reason? Well, you don't I drill steal. that into your head because of the culture you now see. Right. I could just look out there and I said, this this has to be somewhere where you say, no, we're not going beyond this point. Don't do that, guys. We're young, young, you know, you put a belt on somebody's butt when they do that. <laughs> and they say, well, I'll tell you what, nobody's going to tell me. I can't steal what. Well, I made sure that, no, this, this. Well, I, when I went off the rails, I, I did a lot of things wrong. But one thing that kept coming to my mind is don't steal. I mean, out of all the things I did wrong, I was like, uh, don't do that one because Phil Stone is not. Stealing. I've been drunk with the worst of them, but you say, well, were you ever into thievery? I said, no, no. Was that drilled into you? I mean, did you did, did you hear that? What what was your aversion to? Is what I'm wondering. Because you didn't have anything else going on right in your life. Why would First you? First of be- all, we weren't we were not in a position where there was anything worth stealing within miles. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there was nothing to steal. We're talking log cabin. Take a dump outside back there in the back, two hundred yards away. There was no bathtub. There was no running water. The ice box was just that. You open it up, put a block of ice in there. And that's where the butter and the butter and the cheese went and the milk. So what you're saying is if a train happened to come by and stop for some kind of mechanical issue, you then would have had a temptation. And the way the, the that's code, it, there's no there was nothing around the, the way the code went is you would look up and it'd be about daylight and you would see a lone figure in the backyard and he's walking up there and he's looking rough. And you literally can smell him. He he has a stench about him. Mm-hmm. You, and you somebody said, "Well, who 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 were they? Were there a lot of them? A lot of them. Yep. They just showed up. The word got out among the hobos. We call them. Yeah, hobos. Hobos is you jump on a train, 
and and head west, whatever you want to do. Yep. But when they came through Dixie, Louisiana, the word got out. There's a there's a woman there. There's a family there that'll feed you and let you take a bath if you'll stop there. They'll be good to you. Well, that was us. That was the Robertson people. Yep. They'd come up there. We'd all be standing there looking at them, you know. Sai be standing there butt naked. <laughs> and, and, you know, he's standing there with it. And we're looking at him. We say, hey, what's your name? And we, but but what got so me was, I si went through a long spell. This man was invited wearing, into the house. Clothes. They were The hobos were invited into the house. Ma would fix them something to eat. And one of them, I saw her get hot one time over it. She had squirrel and dumplings, which to us, that was fine dining there. Oh, yeah. And she said, she said you, you like the squirrel and dumplings? He said, I tasted better. He, she looked at him. <laughs> she didn't like that because she's going to have him. She, had, she let him bathe. She fed him, and he'd badmouth and cook it. Well, Ma got riled up about that. She said, let me tell you something. You come in there off of one of these trains. Yeah, she, she chastised him over it. Yeah, who's a food critic but you know you, what? you're now I'm look, the hobo train? Now I'm looking at it now. Can you imagine people walking up in your yard? smelly old guys and you invite them in and that that's that's come and gone now we 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 don't see that anymore it's all kind of like a government deal where they're going to do this and that and the other they're planning to help the poor but as far as just family units saying come on over and have a meal well and the other problem is we've lost that as a country and that's a bad thing to lose you're right and the other problem is with the now it's the drug addiction drug addiction it goes along with a lot of these guys that are on the street. And so mm-hmm. it's a little different situation than the old guy on the train that just didn't have much. I mean, these people now, of course, that's the other thing that's kind of a rash here lately. There's a lot of murders. I mean. I didn't realize Corinth. I didn't know the length that with which it had was uh, depraved. But after reading Jim McGuigan, whom I trust emphatically, I trust him, but he did a, his – his little, what do you call it? Uh, commentary? He, he just wrote a book, a commentary yeah. on Corinth. I just looked at the historical, and man, between the venereal diseases and the, and the cutting up and the false gods, I mean, it was really, and the, and the, the sexual thing was just, I mean, out of control. Oh, yeah. The Apostle Paul, yeah. he goes in there, he said, I came up in here with fear and trembling. I mean, he was. That's why I said everything yeah. makes a comeback. That's it was exactly. the sexual revolution. They were. Uh, and if you brought up the resurrection dead. of the dead, you were laughed out of town. So, you know, you know it's, it's amazing that McGuigan said that, you know, when he's talking, he said, I, I came to you uh, to know nothing but Jesus and him crucified. He didn't even add the resurrection because w- once you started telling people you could be raised from the dead, the the big m- wisdom of the world would come at you with both feet yep. about like it is now. Yeah, well, I mean, he got that, to it. I mean, I quoted it. this text to a guy, and it's cost us a lot of money and all whatever. <laughs> but we come out of it smelling like a rose. I mean, so the, yeah, but d- Phil, d- they d- didn't know you were quoting a text. That was the funny part. Let's take yeah. a, let's take a break. So, Jace, as you're sitting here today. I'm giving you some information that you may not know. You have 360 joints from your neck down each vertebrae in your back, arms, hips, knees, 
and feet. Are you realizing that today is your after 12 hours yeah. of uh, <laughs> metal detection yesterday? I actually could not move. When my eyes opened, I went to move, and I just couldn't move. The problem is um, when you're young, your body produces something called SPMs, which is nature's way of keeping your joints healthy. But as you get older, you don't produce enough SPMs. So that's your problem is just sitting here today. You're not producing the SPMs. But I got good news for you, Jace. There's a product that Dad and I take called Omega XL that helps rejuvenate joints and muscles. So we got to get you going on this. And that's your supplement that's going to help you take away this pain, aches and pains that you feel today. Uh, here's what you do if you want to check them out. It's a great product. OmegaXL.com slash fill. You're going to buy a bottle, get a second bottle for free. OmegaXL.com slash fill. Or you can call them 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. I got it. The more SPMs, the more... RPMs. There you go. Now that's a that's a slogan. Yeah. <laughs> From the pristine waters of New Zealand. But he got to it in First Corinthians fifteen. Yep. I mean it, it the, I think it's the greatest. He brings it all back. I think together. that's why he I think that's right. That's probably why he did it at the end of his letter. Yep. But it was kind of the crescendo of the book. Well, know? I think he was also what I've been harping on every time we've been in Corinth. He was he was stressing that there is a God and he's real. I mean, he was the the realness that God is a living being yep. instead of some this is not club church Corinth where everybody has these different abilities. See, they were all looking at their false gods that had all been set up around the city, including, you know, the temple, whatever they call it, they got the name for it, where they housed 1,000 prostitutes and they just descended on the population every time it got dark. Every evening when it started getting dark, well, here they come. And I mean, it was just a sexual free for all. Yeah, I I was there. I walked up, the, and this Woo. thing. Look, not only did you, it was the temple, a place where they gathered. I mean, you had to hike straight up a mountain to get there. It was like the ultimate. You know, like now you can just have a private room somewhere or a private place, and they just made it private by the only way you're getting there is through a straight up mountain hike. Yeah. Yeah, you know me, and like the higher you go, the more private it became. Oh yeah, (laughs) so they got all the way at the top. I mean, I went through the first two rungs there, and I was like, "I'm good." Uh, You know, some of our some of our crew kept going up. They're like, "We're going to the top." I was like, "Well, by the time you get there, you're gonna have to lay down." From what I've read, it looks like Los Angeles, California, and there's other cities too, but L.A. in particular, it's a modern day car rent. I'm sorry, but that's the way it looks. As far as as far as the the, the list of, of what they were up to here, you say it, it's L.A. Yeah, and that's what happens when you don't have people. You remember the founders talked about self governance. Yep. The idea is to so back to what we were talking earlier about stealing. There was another thing that happened when you were a brand new Christian. We were living in a, some apartments, and we may have told the story before, but this this drilled into my head because I was about. 11 or 12, Jace was about seven or so, eight. And there was a, you had some fishing poles in the back of your truck. And there's some people that live straight across from us in an apartment across the street. Mm-hmm. 
And they had two little twin boys that were younger than we were, about they were younger than Jay's. And so you went out to your truck where your fishing poles were gone. Two of you had two of them in the back of the truck gone. Yep. You're asking us, did y'all get the fishing poles? No, sir. So, you know, a day or two went by. Well, we see the two kids across the way with two new fishing poles. <laughs> yeah. So we went and told you. We said, I think your fishing poles are across the way. So you went over there to their apartment. And you and the dad comes to the door, yeah. And you said, uh, "Your boy's got my fishing poles out of the back of my truck." And the guy said, "Well, you didn't have them locked up. I mean, you just left them in your truck, and you expected them to still be there when you came back." And I remember now you're a brand new Christian. And I'm sure there was some anger going on. I don't yeah. know this for sure, but you said I, that's exactly where I expected them to be. Yeah, you don't take something out of the back of my truck, but he. He still defended. He defended him. He defended him because you didn't have it under lock and key. My fault. And and so that's my, why they say if you don't lock your car, you need to get robbed. Right. Which which is kind of funny. That's full circle now, though, Dad. Because in San Francisco, they've started leaving their cars unlocked because they want they don't want people to bust out the window. They'd rather oh. just open the door and get the I, stuff out. I told y'all this before, but you know. The only time I had a burglary at my house was on Christmas Eve because we were down here. And I get back, and my door's laying on the floor. And they had stole some of the Christmas presents and I think a game console console and, and some games. But the biggest damage on the whole thing was that door. Sure. And the door was unlocked. <laughs> now, they could have just opened it. Yeah. No. But they kicked it down and i mean it just that's what made me so mad i was like <laughs> don't tear up my door i mean they gotta one, pay to have that well fixed. right that, i mean it costs whatever it costs i what, mean because they kind of rip- mind breaks in your house and steals christmas gifts yeah think about that oh yeah yeah well paula john and paula had- that's corinth and that's la john and paula had a had a they're out in calhoun louisiana they had a camera under their carport and so about three christmases ago she's got all her christmas presents she's delivering including mine and lisa's in the back of her car but it's under her carport it's not locked and so here you see them come in little porch pirates and they steal all the christmas presents so but you're watching them and of course they had a mask on you know he couldn't tell they were but they stole every christmas well present that was up. the thing last year remember they were saying all these delivery trucks during christmas They'd put the yeah like these 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 thugs follow the delivery trucks and every time they drop something off they go up and get it <laughs> they just follow, go on to the next stop drop it off pick it up so I mean, my point is thievery and immorality it it just wasn't going on two thousand years ago oh no yeah exactly I, it's I, alive I keep and well. bringing this up but it's still going on just like it always had but what what gets depravity. Me- now in in these United States, depravity is common. Right, we're we're living in a depraved culture. That's why it is tough. To I be. just wrote a book to try to help, but I mean, whether yeah, I think it's helped some, but I mean, it's it's a big task. That's why it is tough to be hospitable, and people tend to just become inward focused on their dwelling. Because look, through this show and me doing all this treasure hunting and metal detecting. I'm meeting a lot of people for the first time because I just pull up in their yard. I mean, I'm looking at maps saying, oh, we need to go here. You go find out who owns it. But it's 
that's why it was funny when you said, uh, are people still showing up smelly? And yeah, uh, yeah that's me. I'm showing up there. <laughs> well, if they don't know me, it's you can't get to the door. Yep. They're either weapon in hand or, you know, I told you the story about me and Jeff in downtown Austin. This, I mean, all this, this work is going on. One of the fastest growing cities in the world. And there's one little place right by where we live that just looked like it was 1880, like an old Western ranch. And you could tell the land hadn't been disturbed, no little shacks and barns. And I'm like, Jeff, we need to hunt this. And he's like, well, do you know who lives there? I was like, let's just pull up there and, and see. And so when we pulled up, I said, you're younger. You look a little more innocent than me, but you, you know how we look. Jeff got halfway there, and the, there was an older woman came up to the door, and she just put her hands over her ears and just started screaming. <laughs> just, ah, ah. And Jeff was trying to talk, and I was like, Jeff, let's go. She was just, ah, ah. So, I mean, you have that response, <laughs> <laughs> which is not good. You get in your truck and leave. Yeah. I think you got and, a little taste of why it's so critical for individuals to love God and love <laughs> their right. neighbor. I mean, they couldn't get past the outward appearance of my brother, Jeff. Yep. But then you have people who are still, who have these God qualities in that, you know, when somebody shows up, like you were saying about your mom, our grandma, who they're like, how you doing? Because a lot of these places are out in the middle of nowhere. And they don't know who you are, but they're just, they're trying to be hospitable. And uh, which is rare. <laughs> and then the best case scenario is if they say, are you one of them duck guys from I'm like, yep, I'm Jace. And that, that that's the, uh, does it help? That's the only reason <laughs> that we're fixed to have a conversation. So that changes everything. Yeah. Let's take another break. Well, but you know, that was a lifestyle with Granny, though, because even when we moved way down here at the, on the river, there's no train tracks anywhere near here, nor any people. We're, we're out in the middle of nowhere, yep. although people did find their way down. Every time there would be a few little leftovers after a meal, not many, Granny would put them on a plate, and then she'd take a piece of foil and put it over the top of that. And I always, first she was doing that, and I thought, why is she doing that? And I, saw, I said, Granny, why do you fix a plate? She said, well, you never know when a stranger might come by. And so what I'm saying is, years later, after the think, hobos on the train... I think we've kind of lost that part of... Exactly. Well, and a lot of it is just in our culture. I mean, it's. I mean, this is kind of a funny story, but I pulled up into one place, and I had some of the TV people, and we were just probing to see... You know, I was looking at maps saying, I think this is where we need to go. Let me be the lead vehicle, and let's meet these people, you know? So when I got out they recognize me, you know, Jace. Yep. Hey, how you doing? I was like, I got some TV people with me here. We're just looking We're, you know, we're, I was kind of going through the bit. And so the guy's like, well, you're welcome to come on in. You can leave them right where they are. <laughs> of course they were like, there's no way this is going to work. They won't even let us in the door. You know, I was like, Hey, y'all got a bad reputation. What can I say? I like, and it actually worked out. You know, yeah. we, we wound up hunting their place, but it just, 
well, what they're shoveling out there, these people were like, we're not supporting it as a whole, you know, from based yeah. on what they had seen in, on TV, and I really didn't blame them. Right. So it's crazy. Yeah, everything goes by people's experiences. I mean, typically as to how they're going to do it. But so I'm saying what's missing, what's missing in most places in America is the same thing that was missing in Paul's in First Corinthians is that people striving to do the right thing if they don't have anything to do the right thing for, in other words, without the cross, without the spirit, what's going to motivate people to do the right thing? I mean, you lapse back into just human wisdom, selfishness, yep. you know, I want to get mine yep. and I don't care about you. And you, 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 yep. you let the government take care of you know, I was saying about this case, why would, why would in America, these are these district attorneys and these people, these are very smart people. This, they all graduated from law schools and they're not dumb people. It's not just ignorance as to why they're doing what they're doing. It's something more. There's a pull there about you don't prosecute criminals. You don't put people in jail. You don't even hold them accountable for all this crime. So it's, it's not just cause they don't know it's more than that. There's, there's a, there's a pull there that's beyond. They, they, but, don't, they don't view, you know, everyone who sins breaks the law. First John three, verse four, everyone who sins breaks. In fact, Sin is lawlessness, and that's the reason Jesus came. Right. So he could break through that and get people to love one another. Well, if you get them to love one another and love their God, they quit stealing in. Yeah. They, they, it, it, it's a, it's a deep-rooted reason why I can't just go out here and take what I want on planet Earth. I just, I just can't do it. But that's why we have the ultimate rehabilitation in Christ, because you know when he start when he said in chapter one, you know where's the wise man and the scholar and and you know he he then goes on this riff about that God chose the foolish things of the world. He chose the lowly things. He chose the weak. Because most people put other people in a box. You see the guy walking up who don't have much, the hobo, and they're like, yeah, this old boy's up to no good. Yep. Well, then here's God in this letter saying he chose the things that the guys and the women that we think would never amount to a hill of beans. Right. But he stresses that over and over. He's like, because when that hits you and you you hear what Jesus did and you realize this is God choosing me, but Despite world, my beginnings about what I know and what yeah. I've done. You read that whole long list of sins, and yeah. God still chose me? Mm. I mean, Worldly that, wisdom does not have any room for Jesus Christ. Mm. It's not included. And he makes it's that just clear a, in this just text. A, oh, it's just a blank spot there. Right. But you know, getting, all this stuff you see coming out of government, that's why I talk I'm doing less and less and less and less taking up for the government to fix anything. Yep. I just pointed to Jesus. I said, he'll fix it. Right. But that's the only thing I've seen that will fix it. Not, not programs. Right. Cause he's not in the program. Government right. programs. They don't have, they don't have Jesus there as the hub. The, 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 they just don't have it. He's and, not there. And I think it's because the point you just made, Jess, it's too lowly. In other words, it's too, too, it seems like it's, well, what, what, what does that matter? 
Yeah. You know, you're so they've compartmentalized your religious beliefs. That's what they call it. Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's just what weak people do. They don't, you know, that has nothing to do with us running things. Yeah. But they've missed the whole point because it has everything to do with running things. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're just like, we'll try to fix, you know, let's spread the wealth. If everybody made the same money, there would be less thieving. But when you look at real life and these, these qualities, that's not going to fix it. No. The, there's just as much corruption among the rich people when oh. it comes to sinful behavior and stealing. You know, it's funny. As there that, are the guy trying to find something off a train. Trust me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just watching. So in LA, there's like 68 or 70,000 homeless people in these encampments in this whole area. They call it Skid Row. And so the state of California or the city of Los Angeles are both. So they come up with the idea, well, they just, you know, they just need something to live in. I mean, they're just it's poor people. They're just down here. They don't have any choices. So they're building these two huge skyscrapers right next to it that are going to be, I th- I forgot the price tag. It was, I don't know, in many, many billions of dollars. So they're going to build these two skyscrapers, and then they're going to, so then the idea is we'll move everybody off the street because they're in the tents into a nice, beautiful apartment. It showed all the, they were putting all the nice, you know, refrigerator and stove. And I thought to myself, what, you talk about thinking you're wise, these people, they're probably going to move in there, and then that place will be condemned in about three years. It'll be destroyed. Be destroyed, and and when, because they don't understand the base issue here that these people have, they don't understand it at all. So they keep coming up with these solutions that don't work. Yeah. And to Jason, to your point, they put billions of dollars, and guess what they've got? More homeless people. Yeah. Not what they don't realize is that here you have a guy who's rich, and then you got the hobo on one side. The only thing that they they could have in common, from our perspective is the realization that God chose them for a purpose and something greater in their life. Exactly. I mean, that's it. There's no, because you're looking at it, but you see them having the same struggles. I mean, that that's why it's an illusion. You're not going to put everybody on the same base and then have everybody get along. Right. It's not going to work. You've got to have something more, which is this whole point. Let's take another break. But wouldn't you say, how many times have we ran across somebody that was living in their car, whatever, and down their luck, sometimes they've been on drugs, and then we share the gospel with them. They become a son or daughter of the Almighty. We're praying with them. We're having a meal with them. And then they go on their way rejoicing. We know changed inside. But we share with them. We're no better than that person. We're no less than that person. We're just sharing them with the good news with them. I mean, how many times has that happened? uh, I mean, it's happened to me many, many times. Many, many, many times. Which, to your point, that's what what equalizes everything. You want to talk about equity and equality. That's the ultimate equalizer. That's the ultimate equalizer. If you still don't handle the success right. I mean, we had a weird, weird thing yesterday. We were somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and some woman came by and recognized us. And, I mean, you're talking about the the world's number one Duck Dynasty fan. <laughs> she was it. <laughs> Screaming, hollering, running. <laughs> Just. Like a woman and, beating the air. Yeah. Now, here you are, 
looking at this. There, everybody's look. Every time has stopped here because this woman is went absolutely insane. <laughs> and so you can think, oh boy, I'm something, aren't I? And you could think that, or you could realize. Okay, whatever she's attracted to, it must be coming from God, because look at us. <laughs> <laughs> we came from nothing. We look like hobos. <laughs> We're not very smart. It's not like your Robert We're, Redford and Paul yeah, Newman out she there. She doesn't know me. from She was sitting in there watching one series after another and just <laughs> drank the duck Kool-Aid, you know, and is like, boy, this is big time today. And so we were saying that when when she left, which I thought to the crew's surprise, because I I was t- I was saying it's overrated. You're we're just regular people. The whole time she was screaming and hollering and making various comments that were way over the line. You know, <laughs> the status of our marriages and yeah, I mean she was just like, yeah, this is this is it. I said, no, nope, it's all an, all an illusion. <laughs> We're just everyday people. I, I kept trying to water it down, but it was like it was making it worse. That's right. She was like, and oh, no, you're a big like, deal. Nope, you're, you're drawn <laughs> to our faith, this, this spark that we have. It's, we've been transformed. We have a bigger purpose. Yep. You know? And so I don't know what else you could do because in the end, who am I? I mean, nothing. Yep. It's just an illusion. But I'm saying, if you handle that the other way and think, oh, I'm something. Yeah. You know, I'm better than you. Yeah. But think about all the problems that are going to come in your life when you start thinking you're better than somebody else. To right? keep you that have more from, money or to, fame. To keep that from happening, uh, the Apostle Paul said, he, he, he said, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of the Lord Jesus that all of you agree with one another so there may be no divisions among you, that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. Some from Chalot's household have informed me that there's quarrels among you. What I mean is one of you says, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow Peter. That, that at pecking order, kind of what, see, they had, they had picked one of these and they had said, I'm a follower of him which was beside the point, no Jesus. Right. They were elevating Paul, Peter, and and they said, that's the one. I, and he says it. He says, is he divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? He said, I'm thankful that I did not baptize any of you, except a few here I can think of. He said, because y'all would have lifted me way up like they were doing, Jay said, the woman hollered. Right. That's the way they were doing with these guys. Right. And then Paul and him said, we got to, we got to clamp down on this thing. Right. Jesus is what we're all about here. No, I think you're right, because I think that's one of the things that led to their demise, or not demise in, in that they couldn't be saved, because he referred to them, you were washed, but they were becoming inward focus. Yep. Because they were, they were focusing on all the fireworks and not looking at who's providing the fire and the spark. That is it. And they were they were just saying, "Oh, I have this gift. I have this gift." Instead of the one who was given the gift. Yeah. I mean, he he stresses that over and over. That's why in your sermon that we're gonna probably get to, I guess the next podcast. Yeah, next podcast. But I really like your one one of your points there about the transformation aspect of the Holy Spirit. 
because that's what the world wants until they look at God as real and Jesus in 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 a way that they can experience the benefits of what he did on a cross and them being chosen before the creation of the world for a purpose, you know, all the great things about Christianity. If they're looking at it from a mile off and missing what we see on a daily basis is transform lives. Cause to me, it's the greatest evidence that God <laughs> is the ultimate provider of this fire and this spark in our lives. Cause we've seen just like Phil, when you were talking about being a kid living in a log cabin, not having all this. I mean, if you'd ever thought how much you would be an influence to our society that's, through the spirit of God, that's true. And I mean, like at every point, it seemed like when you had the chance to be an NFL quarterback, you would just think most people would say, there's your path. There's your platform. Yep. But for whatever reason, and, and mainly because of your life before Jesus, you kind of had to hit that bottom. God takes you when you're at the bottom, the low of the low. Yep. Resurrects you transformationally through the spirit and all of a sudden you got your same platform through a what what the, what the TV people call it a duck whistle yeah <laughs> so the same thing at Corinth the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing you're like man what a statement the, they hear about Jesus and his death to them they're like they're too smart they're too smart to say there's anything to that so they, it's foolishness, to, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. It's written, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. Where's the wise man? Where's the scholar? Where's the philosopher of this age? Well, he was in a hotbed of them. I mean, it was all around him. I mean, they had more people that thought they had it all figured out. I mean, I mean, it, it, was, it was a rough place to win people for Christ. No, no when doubt. When it went down there. And, and really and truly, they're all rough places, right? Let's, let's take another break. But to your point, Jace, uh, you know, we talked about this last night. We did a talk shop live, and Dad's written, you know, seven books now. And I, I asked him last night, I said, Dad, did you ever think when you were growing up out there in Dixie, Louisiana, that one day you'd be writing books that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people would pick up and read to care what you think about. I never would have ever, ever dreamed. But think about it. The human wisdom size says that a man that walks away from an opportunity to be an NFL quarterback, because those are very famous people in our culture. Yep. Because you can throw a football really well. Yep. On Sundays. And to walk away from that and then to ultimately be known for being a strong Christian, a strong voice of you know reason and spiritual wisdom, that just shows you it has to be a God thing. <laughs> but that's why it's called a secret wisdom here. That's right. people look, the rulers, the government officials, people in the world, they're looking from the outside in trying to make everything justify in their mind. Well, why are these people successful? This just seems, you know, in all the... the persecution that when our first, our show first started because they were like oh he's a bunch of hillbillies and all this won't this will be a flash in the pan and all of a sudden after a while they're like what exactly is going on here well it's a secret because they don't understand oh you're seeing god's transformational power 
happen in people's lives who don't give a rip about material possessions or fame related to our yep. faith in Jesus. Because yep. and, and it really became the greatest negotiation negotiation tactic that you could have. Right. And I'm not I'm I'm never gonna be pushed around by worldly wealth or fame in any kind of negotiation. You remember you know? when so, they had the hour or two interviews with each one of us that all gather around would go up to the warehouse and we'd sit in a chair and, and they would start pumping questions at us. Yeah. I, I preached more sermons <laughs> during if you that can period. only have that footage. <laughs> yeah, during that yeah. During that period of time, Al, listen. They <laughs> never was they never ran one line of it. <laughs> I would preach to them and the, and I would look for it maybe to hit the airways. Yeah. Nothing. No, it wasn't coming. And but what was amazing <laughs> that they kept asking me to come up there and sit down and mm-hmm. I'd preach the gospel to them. But I, I had Well, I realized something though, Phil, through through the years and I guess doing this. Duck Dynasty, they axed every bit of that. <laughs> well they didn't ax it. They just they just didn't run it. Oh. <laughs> you know, maybe. they would look at each other like, Well, here he goes again. Eh? Well, and you gotta remember it's tricky when someone asks you a question and you, they have no idea what you're fixing to say. So then they thought, ask him something yeah, else because we're not running that. <laughs> yeah. And so they asked you, no, that's why they were so long. That's right. <laughs> and they, that's why you didn't have many interview bites only. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I would do a sermon. And, and then if I you would... look at it as Duck Dynasty moved on, if you look closely, I'm not even there anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm not on, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the, yeah, I, I'm out. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny, Dad, because what the things that did come across on the show, because I was as much, I was a fan of the show before I was actually on the show, is that a lot of what you did, you you really do. I mean, like, you know, I think about the two scenes where, you know, y'all were caught in the, the for the frog hunting and the fishing on the pond. And they were like, oh, yeah, Mr. Phil, you know, the, the game warden comes up or the cop comes up and yeah, everybody Phil gets, just left. And then dad just leaves. And and they're like, well, why'd you leave? It's like, because I would never get caught with the rest of them. Well, and look, to be, to be fair. <laughs> I just thought, to me, that was like, Dad, 100%. Well, and to be fair, none of us, you know, the TV people set that up. Right. They sent the guy down there. Well, I was looking around thinking, because the guy played an awesome part. Yeah. He started ripping into the TV people, you know. <laughs> yeah. Turn that camera off. And I thought, is this real? <laughs> so if I looked up, Phil's gone. But like, you know, they kind of surprised us to to that end, which I think made it pretty good. Cause right. you were questioning, is is this right. is this really happening? I mean, but then I got to look and I was like, I know that guy. He but he he just went went bonkers on that. He went full character. It was like yeah, when they did. brought Hacksaw Duggan out of the back of the truck. None of us knew he's, we was in there. I was, I, I was just... <laughs> we all went but, crazy. Uh, <laughs> but another thing I'll say about Phil, I think Phil was the only, to use their lingo, cast member that was oblivious to everything that happened or was fixing to happen right. the yep. entire time. Yep. You know, I, me and Willie were more like... We all were thinking the, about the episode, what, the A story, the well, B story. Well, they would interview us and say, 
what's going on in your lives. And we would have a discussion about where this was headed during the week, which I think Willie depicted. I heard him one, one time say, we kind of knew what was happening. We just didn't necessarily know how we were going to get there, which was the show. Right. But Phil was oblivious of everything. <laughs> and they would tell Phil to show up and he'd show up and he's looking around, has no idea <laughs> what's fixing to happen no. while we're here. That's and look, true. so Phil would just turn around and say something. And so when you, when you see, you know, watch a, I think it would change the way you watch that dynasty that's knowing right. Phil. That's why you remember that, that time, which I think the most set up thing we ever did, you would think was the time that this local news station said, hey, we're going to let y'all do a show. It was like a Thanksgiving special right. or whatever. And uh, You took over the news. We took the whole- over the news. And people said, boy, that was real sad. Uh, you'd think when they turned that camera on and said go, we I had no idea what we were fixing to talk about. It just, Willie started talking. I started kind of playing off of what he was saying. And they, they had Phil out in the parking lot. <laughs> And when they threw we threw to Phil, well, Phil had no idea what what he what we were doing. So then he goes into a duck report. It was Phil just funniest. went off on this rant, and I literally got so tickled because I had no. I was like, "What is he fixed to say?" And uh, that I don't know how many people watched that episode, but that was probably the hardest I have ever laughed. It was funny because people that episode, Jace, people either really loved it or really hated it for whatever reason. Because it was so they, different. They just was. put us up there right. and said, "Y'all figure it out." And then you know we went. They went cut to Sai. He was the weather. The guy. weatherman. Yeah. Had no idea what he was fixed to say. He had no idea. And he, I mean, I don't even remember what he did. He was clicking the thing and coming up. And, so I, I really thought it was funny, but I think most people thought they didn't really like it as well as the other episodes. But that was my personal favorite of all. I'd forgotten about that. But again, it, the authenticity is what I think dads came through because it was the most just him doing what he would do, whatever, you know. I mean, I think that's why I like. When I would go back and watch him again, I just appreciate that. And it it tickles me because especially you and mom and some of the interactions, you know. Well, what's funny is while we were filming that, we were were in the studio like an hour, and we had a – we either had walkie-talkies or something to communicate, and Phil kept launching into his segment (laughs) – and they're like, no, Phil, we're we're not. And, but I was like, what is somebody? Will somebody tell him we're going to throw to him? You know? But he the would just whole time, into- you just hear him start talking. I could hear him in my ear because we had yeah, uh, either headset. headphones or an earpiece in. Yeah. And Phil would start talking about the weather and, and the duck report. They were somebody would say, Phil, we. We'll throw it to you, and then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want. Just wait. Just wait. And, like, fit it, because, like, it'd be 15, 20 minutes go by, and then here he'd come again in yeah. my ear. I was like, I took my time. Will somebody tell <laughs> Phil something? Because he's out there behind this studio in the woods going off about the weather, duck hunting. Oh, it was hilarious. It was funny. All right, we're out of time. We'll, uh, I'll, I'll preach my sermon to you next time. All right, we'll critique it. you have thick skin or thin skin? Oh, yeah, thick skin. All right. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. 
And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.